0: Mike, Podcast 51. Bort, we took a week off. We got no game to review, but I do have something I want to talk about. I believe I texted you about it the other day. How you doing, man? Anything good going on? Everything is
1: good. Life is good. But I'll be honest with you, I've been antsy for this podcast because ever since you texted me that you want to give your shout out <laughs> to those Sam Darnall fans who were jumping and stomping their feet. That Sam was the guy. I'm going to let you take the floor first because you brought it up. So have at it and I'll add my few cents afterwards. (laughs) But the floor is yours, my man.
0: I don't even know where to start. I probably should have prepared better. Sam Darnold, everybody, the first two or three weeks going crazy. And then he loses McCaffrey and, and those of us who are smart, take a wait and see attitude. Last week, Sam Darnold was 17 for 41, and I know his friend, his his supporters say, "Well, eight dropped passes." Okay. He quirked them back from 11 down in the fourth quarter. Okay, he still lost. 17 for 41. I don't care if you have 24 drop passes. 17 for 41 is 17 for 41. Just like in the first game, you know, when he had a good game and and half his passes were to McCaffrey, nobody said, well, half his passes were to McCaffrey because it was a fact, okay? It is a fact that he was 17 for 41, and at the end of the day, none of us ever said Sam Donald sucked. We said the Jets ruined him, and a lot of us said, that Sam Darnold would probably never, at least me, that he would never be a top quarterback and that we need to aim higher. And if we have not had our proof now with a good line and a good coach and blah, 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 I don't know where they're going to get that proof and what's going to actually make people believe that this guy will never be a top fight guy.
1: Very, very well said. I'm so glad you sent me that text during the off week because um, I gave it some thought. And for for the few listeners that are listening and are. Potentially Sam Darnold defenders. Let me come from the side of right now, Vort is speaking, and Vort was, until the last couple of weeks of last season, Vort was arguing with you, with the guy whose opinion I respect dearly. And I was arguing with you that no, we got to give Sammy Darnold one more year. We pick him up, we we'll let the new coach see if he can possibly unearth his potential, turn him around, whatever that may be. And I was arguing for it until the last couple of weeks. He didn't get the fair shake. It's a bad coach. It's whatnot. And then you kind of took me to school a little bit. You broke down the salary cap implications and all that. And by the final two weeks of the season, I was ready to move on. Everything made sense. We were in the prime position in the quarterback heavy class. It made sense. And the last couple of days, uh, when I knew we were going to be touching on this subject, all I could think about, Rob, was what a disaster what an absolute disaster it would have been if we kept Sam Darnold because I realized what yeah. would have happened this year. It's finally dawned on me what would have happened. This regime is not as bad as Adam gates regime, but Sam Darnold is no Joe Montana. The travesty would have been if the Jets bring in a new coach, hold on to Sam Darnold, and find out that he's just good enough to win you five, six, or seven games, leaving you nowhere near the playoffs, leaving you nowhere near the top of the draft, and now, potentially because you lost one of the top two, three picks this year, if he if kept Sam, you're now set back another year looking for a franchise quarterback, and who knows what you do from there. So when he got off to a hot start this season... I was happy for him. Listen, I wasn't the guy that was rooting for Donald to fail. I liked him. I agreed that he got a raw deal in New York. That was obvious to anybody with a clue. But we also saw that he was making rookie mistakes. We saw that if nothing else, he needed a change of scenery. He was not going to succeed in New York. And when he got off to a good start, I gave him all the props. But all I said was to the people who were badgering me and texting me and saying, haha, don't you wish you had Sam Donald now? My answer was no. One thing I can bank on is I know McCaffrey is going to miss a couple of games. Let's see how Sammy Darnold looks in those games. Lo and behold, this was literally the week that McCaffrey goes out with an injury, and I texted every one of those people that was shitting on me, and I said, I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is now we're going to see what Sammy Darnold is made of, and I'm I'm pulling for him. But now we're going to see what he's made of. What he's made of is three piles of cow shit the guy is what the stats show here i mean i wanted to defend them so bad i wanted to get on the podcast week nine and say mac you got to admit that if you don't want to say you're wrong at least you got to admit that in hindsight you wish there was at least some consideration that sammy Darnold was still a jet no no that's in the rearview mirror this is done it's over with all of you Sammy Darnold defendants, just look at his performance the last three weeks, and then we'll talk about it. And this all, this is my last point. I know I'm really going on, but this all <laughs> this brought us full circle to the main point you were saying. If we kept Sam Darnold and we won six or seven games, nobody would have been excited that we had the next Teddy Bridgewater. We want the next Aaron Rodgers. We want the next Tom Brady, whoever that may be. Sam Darnold was not it. He's never going to be it. And we can now close the chapter on any conversations because anybody who now logically says that, oh, but he's doing better than Zach Wilson. Yes, a rookie with no experience and the youngest team in the NFL. That's what you're going to stake your argument
0: on. Good
1: for you. I'm not even replying to that logic.
0: But that's what Jet fans stake everything on. Oh, it's better than he's better than that. He's better than this. I mean, I had people last week when Geno Smith started playing, like seriously saying, "Why did we get rid of Geno Smith? Why did we get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick?" I mean, they're going back six and seven years because it's better than what we have now. And and this, you know, listen, you know, I don't like Rex Ryan. I am not going to make this about whether he was a good or bad coach. But I think the results, for the most part, speak for themselves. Regardless, same as Sam Darnold, regardless of how it got there he he didn't do a good job at the end he ignored the offense whatever whatever and all those people who say oh we need rex back he was he's so much better than what we have Jet fans live for so much better than what we have. And we have had nothing as you would say but three piles of cow shit for 40 years. So better than what we have is really not hard. And and this is I'm going to get a fucking shirt that says aim higher. That's what I've been saying for weeks. Aim higher, Jet fans, if you're listening to this, aim higher. Sam Darnold might turn out to be a halfway decent quarterback. He might turn out to be a good backup, but whether the jets ruined him or he was just never going to be there doesn't matter he is not going to be the guy and the jets have 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 to stop looking for the guy and again i hate to keep going back to this you got to know the business side it was clear that the jets weren't bringing him back because A a GM and a new coach are not going to stake their careers on a guy who is already three years in, going to cost them a lot of money and stop them from building around them. They're just not going to do it. And the Jets have torn it down. It remains to be seen whether this will be successful or not, but they've done the right thing. We're suffering through the growing pains now. But no matter what, and I said this in week one, I said it in week one when Donald had the big game against the Jets. When I was arguing with people, I said it then, I will say it now, and I will say it forever. Regardless of whether Sam Darnold wins five Super Bowls and becomes a Hall of Famer and Zach Wilson's mopping floors in Walmart in three years, it was the right decision at the time. And that will never change. Just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that at that time it wasn't the right decision. Sam Darnold
1: was not going to win in New York. Sam Darnold is not the guy that's going to carry a team and make everybody around him better. He relies on people around him to make him better and be able that's not what I want for my franchise quarterback again nothing but the best to Sammy I hope he wins I hope he goes to the playoffs none of whatever whatever he might achieve was not going to happen in New York simplest phrase in sports change of scenery was needed this was 100% the case good for him good for us time to move on and forget Sammy Darnold
0: Good for him. Move on. And I like the kid. He's a good kid. He always said the right thing here. I certainly don't want to see him do poorly. But, you know, uh, if you're aiming to be Case Keenum, and and I think at this point, it's fairly clear that Darnold's ceiling might be Case Keenum. If If you're looking to be Case Keenum, then that's not the guy I want leading my team. And that's what I've said all along. You know, when you take all the factors into consideration and the fact that Jet fans need the guy back there whatever and i know somebody is eventually gonna listen to this and say but zach wilson's not the guy we don't know if zach wilson's the guy and if he's not we'll keep trying to find that guy but you don't stay with a chick who cheats on you just because she's hotter than the freaking last girl you know what i mean you don't you don't settle you don't settle in life relationships friends and you don't settle for your quarterback either we don't want we don't want like hopefully a playoff appearance we want you you need to go for broke on this jet fans aim higher that's going to be the new name in a podcast Aim higher. I, aim higher, and that's something aim I higher, never
1: man. understood about Jets fans until you painstakingly painted it out, uh, pointed it out to me, and you said, "Dude, Jets fans are not about winning. Jets fans are about complaining and just wanting to be a little better or reminiscing how this was better. It doesn't matter." Like I have expected fans to say that the rich, Co- oh, I miss Rich Kotite. At least he won three games that <laughs> he year, and that game was yeah. struggling. So that was, right. yeah, it's just. There's no logic, so I stay away from arguing with those people.
0: Well, I'm going to defend the Jet fans for just one second, only, only based on one comment that you just made where you said, you know, Jet fans are not about winning, whatever. they, We honestly don't know what it's like to win. And the the very few times that we've felt winning, it feels so good that we want to have that again. And that's why we we, we sit back and, and talk about the glory days. The glory days for a lot of teams is Super Bowls, constant playoff appearances, um, you know, contention where they where you know, like, I mean, I, let's not even talk about the Steelers and the Patriots who they every year. We can talk about other teams that are there fairly regularly. They may not win often. The Ravens, you know, teams like the Ravens that that somehow, no matter who is there, always seem to be in contention. The Jets never see that. For the Jets, the glory days are two years with Parcells and two years with Rex, and it's the only thing we have to point to. A couple of playoff games here and there. So Jet fans have no idea what it's like to have a winner and and then you become shell-shocked and eventually you're so sick of losing that anything is better than what we have, as long as it's better. And I, I I felt that way for a long time. I have watched all these teams constantly build winners with quarterbacks and good organizations, and they're in contention every year. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't, but you are never, and I do mean never, going to get anywhere by winning nine or ten games, getting a wild card and not getting any home playoff games and never, ever getting a buy. It's just not going to happen. You know, we can point to the two times that Rex took the Jets on the road and won playoff games, but we didn't get to the Super Bowl, number one. Jet fans are the only ones who celebrate championship games appearances. And number two... Yeah, number two, you are not going to... It is very rare that a team is going to go on the road and win three playoff games. How many times has it happened? Maybe a a small handful of times. And I think one or two of the times it happened was when the wild card... It wasn't all four divisions. It was when wild card teams got a home game. So it is not often at all that a team goes on the road. And if you want to continue... And this is the other thing, the Mets. We're Mets fans. The Mets never freaking build properly, and the Jets are the same way. They sit back and wait for a a lightning-in-a-bottle strike, and if you don't win in that lightning-in-a-bottle year, you set yourself back, and that's what the Jets do all the time. It's what the Mets do all the time. It's what the Rangers did for so long by by constantly trading young kids for for veterans, and I'm so sick of rooting for teams like that. I just can't do it anymore. I I need somebody somewhere to build me a consistent winner. I'm in my 50s now. I don't have a lot of time to enjoy this. Somebody better get it done. Done, or I'm gonna literally have to look back on a life full of teams that that thought it's better than what we have. And that's and that's that. We can end the subject there.
1: Sad, sad outlook if I ever heard one. But let's jump into the now, the here and the now. And yeah. coming off the bye, it's back to our old nemesis, the Patriots.
0: You know, and Uh, the Jets are notoriously horrible off of buys. So the big question you have to ask right off the bat is, are the Jets going to actually prepare properly coming off that buy? Or will this be just like every other Jet team that came out and was not the least bit prepared gets brutalized after after the buy? Which way are we looking?
1: Look, I think it's going to be ugly. Ugly. I first, a little bit of a side note. I hate this about the NFL. I think your division rivalry games, not just rivalry, games within your division, the first three games have to happen in the first half of the season. The next three have to happen in the second half of the season. You have to break it down. You you can't have the Patriots uh, and they're done and over with uh, going into week seven, whatever we are, six, seven. I don't like that. I think the teams that you have to play twice has to be broken down. First, uh, first half of the season, second half of the season. That's just a little gripe that I have. Um, I don't think enough time has passed. I think Zach Wilson hasn't shown enough strides for me to feel comfortable that he's going to make significant strides from the first debacle we saw against the Patriots. The Patriots, meanwhile, while they have lost a couple of games, uh they they look like they're putting it together. They look like their offenses, um, trending up with their rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Par, uh, Parcells, I almost said Parcells. Uh, Belichick is going to Belichick. He's going to continue to make life miserable for young NFL quarterbacks. And considering what he did to Zach Wilson in their first meeting, progress would be something like a loss that's not completely humiliating but something something of a game something manageable something where zach can actually make a couple of plays versus i i think the first game you just if you say every game is a learning experience then the the first game against the patriots must have been an experience in short memory just throw that game throw all the film in the garbage never look at it forget that it happened uh erase it from your memory and move on so me personally i I'm not bracing myself for a very positive outlook. I think it's going to be a comfortable win for the Patriots. I just simply think uh, Bill Belichick is still going to get the best of
0: uh, Zach Wilson. See, the thing with me is I have no idea whether they're going to learn from that game. I just want to see that they took two weeks and and kind of looked at film of their opponent and and started planning a way that they are going to exploit weaknesses, take advantage of their own strengths and come out and play. Now, we've said all along that we expect to lose, but I just want to see progress. I want to see a team that is headed in the right direction. And the Jets have shown some flashes here and there, but they just haven't really gotten over that hump. There's you know, it's more like 85% Falling apart and not prepared, and fifteen percent just to give you that little glimmer of what could be later in the year if they continue to gel. The question I have for for you, for for me to answer, for anybody listening, is: Are the Jets going to come out prepared? They could still lose. They could still, you know, don't don't forget they're going against, the, if not one of, but certainly if not the best, one of the best preparation guys in history who will certainly be looking at film and preparing to exploit Jets' weaknesses and take advantage of his own strengths. So if the Jets don't do that, then yeah, they could could come out and and all of those, you know, the ghosts from the first game could come back. But I'm more concerned about whether the Jets actually utilize their time correctly for once because they never do. They don't do it in a normal week. They don't do it coming off a bye week. You know, they needed to start preparing for the Patriots last week and then watch the film on Dallas to further prepare, come up with a game plan to attack things that the Patriots don't do well instead of, you know, what the Jets have done for a long time, which is try and force their own game plan into, you know, into the mix. And that's that's not what they need to do. So I want to see the Jets come out prepared for this. Prepared could still lose, but at least we will know whether they showed up. And the Jets have not showed up in the first quarter and most of the first halves. In, in any of these games. So we'll, we'll know pretty quickly whether they actually got on the field and, put, went, and act, and you know, put some effort into being ready for this game other than, you know, working out and, and win sprints and whatever else. I mean, the game itself, not necessarily the physical aspect of it. So we'll find out pretty quick. Uh, I'm not so sure that the Jets win this game. You know, the Patriots two weeks ago almost lost to the Texans, but, you know, last week almost beat Dallas, and Dallas looks real good. So I don't know what direction to go. I have no clue what my – Best, worst. I'm going to make it up as I go. Um, I, I just don't know how to read the Jets. I don't know how to read the Patriots. I don't, I don't know what direction to go, but I am praying that they actually took advantage of a bye week, uh, which, you know, I, you know, I'm going to go back to your point for a second. I agree. I don't like getting two games out of the first six against the team, the same team. I'm, I'm not a fan of that at all, uh, but I do like the fact that the bye week was earlier this year. Uh, in general, I'd rather have a buy closer to the middle of the year, but I think the Jets needed to regroup a little bit this year. You know, they, they 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 came out with a with a pretty good game against the Titans or a pretty good second half, then looked terrible against the Falcons again before they got it together and, and tried to mount a comeback. I would like to think that you know. You know, like like in hockey, you know, a basketball when a team starts to get pounded a little bit, they take a timeout. Not so much hockey. I mean, hockey they f- figure out other ways. You only get one timeout. But basketball, where a team goes on a 10-2 run, you take a timeout to calm them down. I'd like to, th- I'd love to think that this bye week so early was kind of like one of those, one of those give the team a breather timeouts.
1: I think for the morale of the team, the bye came at a perfect time. We had a high where we beat Tennessee, and wow, all of a sudden, we're imagining another win. And all of a sudden, things are looking pretty good going into the bye. Two and three, we're going in on a positive. Everybody's celebrating. Of course, we lay an egg. We end up losing. We look like the team we more or less expected us to be. And now you basically are going into a bye. You had the shit kicked out of you. You have not looked good. Offenses looked sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. There's just been a lot of mistakes. Um, everything you expect from a young and inexperienced team uh going through the, through its growing pains. But like you, I believe that they needed that little reset because they looked a little bit shell shocked. And the one thing that I do feel good, comfortable, and positive about going into this game is precisely what you said. Uh, our head coach still. Uh, I'm positive, I'm going to be positive unless I see something that's completely ridiculous. Um, The energy is still there, the will is still there, he's still that same guy who's going to push. I think, I hope he understands that as a leader of the youngest team in the NFL, he can't slump his shoulders, he can't hang his head. He has to keep coaching, he has to keep supporting, he has to keep cheering. There's got to be some positivity wherever you can get positivity. And even during those negative days, you have to not beat them, beat the team into the ground. You coach them. You obviously call them out on the mistakes. But there has to be some positive reinforcement. And I think our coach has that in abundance. So the one thing I do expect is for the Jets to come out a little bit better than what they've been. I expect them to have a better performance overall than what they had the first time around against Belichick. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, when you put everything together, I just simply think it won't be enough. But I do think it will be a better performance because you can't get much worse from the first time you face the Pats.
0: All right. Well, with that said, let us delve into the game itself a little bit. We've we've danced around and talked about what we hope will happen, what should happen, blah blah blah. Let's talk about the actual game now. Um, why don't you start with what you think Wilson's going to do, since that seems to be the way we're trending this year? And then your best, worst, and real, and and we can I guess we can continue to do an MVP. It's it's kind of pointless when the Jets is so bad, but you know we instead
1: of the MvP I'll say let's let's change it up will be who'll be the offensive standout performer for the Jets. And I know it's a relative <laughs> definition of a standout performer, relative, but let's exactly. <laughs> see who'll step up for the Jets. Now, as far as Zach Wilson, I am hoping that one thing the Jets will do is Stay committed to the run. Even if it doesn't work, just stay a little more committed to the run game. So I'm hopeful that we're not going to see Zach throw more than 25, 26 times. So I will go with the final stats for Zach Wilson this week against the Patriots. 17 of 26 for 220 yards, one touchdown, and two INTs. Okay. I'll also put him on. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: I also want to throw him in for um I want to throw him in for 40 yards on the ground maybe the bye week they will encourage him and say Zach listen you a quarterback but uh, don't be afraid to talk in a run if you see the first down marker if uh, everything is covered so maybe a little encouragement to don't feel you have to completely abandon the run when you see it so i'll I'll put him up for 38 to 40 yards on the ground on uh, six to seven rushes. Um, As far as the offensive performer of the game, I think it's going to be Jamison Crowder simply because of the experience. I think he's going to be the the one with the most level head, the one with the slowest heart rate, who's not going to be consumed by the moment, especially if things go bad, which they very well might. I think he'll just continue playing, lining up, making plays when the ball comes his way. I'll put him in for seven catches, 68 yards. Make that six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown
0: and a TD. Okay. And then your best, worst, and realistic cases.
1: Uh, let's start off with a realistic case. Uh, realistic is I still see a fairly comfortable Patriots win. Uh, I think the teams were trending in very different directions even uh, before and after facing each other early in the season. Uh, in my opinion, the Patriots have really shown some glimmer of a team that's uh, coming up. Like you said, they were really... Almost lost to a terrible Houston team, but they found a way to win, which a good team does. And then a a team with a rookie quarterback gave Dallas, who is a pretty decent looking team this year, they gave them a hell of a run and gave them all they could handle. Uh, That being said, and uh, pretty much the only thing I really have to lean on at this point uh, this season is the fact that they already played each other and it was ugly. I will give the Patriots a fairly comfortable victory. I think they will put up 27 points to the Jets' 16. So I'll say 27-16 Patriots win by two scores. Uh, That's my realistic scenario. I just, again, think uh, the offense will not be able to do enough, and eventually the defense can only do so much when the the offense is either given a bad field position or short three an hour drives and that eventually catches up. So a fairly comfortable two score win for the Pats. My best case scenario is the offense comes out really prepared. The game plan clicks, whether it's because they catch the pads by surprise, whether it's because it's so well executed. I really don't give a damn, but uh, they'll come out as a, looking like a prepared, hungry team after a bye. I think it's imperative to jump to something like a 7 or a 10 nothing lead. So now you, you're you putting the Patriots on the ropes who, no matter how good they look, have their own rookie quarterback and they have to now fight back to the rookie QB. Um, best case scenario i think the jets fall just short it's going to be one of those games that you come into the locker room and you're throwing chairs because there is no consolation you you had the team on the rope and you lost but i think they end up losing a close one something like 20 to 17 uh so that would be my best case scenario the jets make it a game it's a back and forth affair they look good they make us proud but they lose a close one the absolute nightmare scenario is uh, we see a basically rewind and the uh, replay of the first game where zach wilson is still looking like a deer in the headlights Uh, the patriots are comfortable from minute one to minute 60. it's never really a game Uh, the jets don't do anything that excites us from this uh, from the offensive point of view no running game no big plays just kind of vanilla hanging on and then forced to make throws in a second half when you're losing And nothing really stands out except, oh, more growing pains. Got to learn from it. Suck it up. It's the Patriots. Uh, So the worst case scenario is I will say the Patriots hang something like 30 to the Jets, 9.
0: All right. Just writing all this down. Okay. Uh, I I see the, the best, worst, and real very similar to you. Uh, I'll start with Wilson. I think Wilson's going to end up throwing a lot. Not only do the Jets tend to abandon the run, but I think they're going to be down. I think Wilson goes 22 for 41. I think he's ah. going to throw a lot. I know. I think he's going to throw a lot. I think he's going to—I think the Jets will will be down. He'll have to throw a lot. Um, 22 for 41 still gives him about a 50-something you know, something percent completion percentage, so it's not like he's going to be a Sam Darnold or anything, you know, but— um, I, I, but I don't see him throwing for a lot of yards. I think he's going to throw a lot. It's not going to go. He's going to dump it off a lot because I think the Pats will have guys covered. Uh, and I don't know if he fixes his accuracy issue. So I'm going to go 22 for 41 with 209 yards, which is very low. Uh, I think he's going to throw a touchdown. And I am going to eventually be right about this, but I'm going to say no interceptions and only because eventually I want to be able to be right. Even if I'm one in 12 on that freaking prediction, I'm going to say he throws no interceptions. Mac, I, I am also going
1: to tell you, I, I don't mean yeah, to God. cut you off. I just want to say that if, <laughs> if the, his zero interception game comes on a 40 plus attempt game. I will take it as a positive experience, even if he completes 10 of those
0: passes. I know. 10, 41-0 interceptions. (laughs) All right. So my standout, I am once again going to go with with something that is completely out of left field. The Jets have talked about getting this guy involved more. No, not Mims. Um, and, And I have done nothing but trash him so far. I think he looks awful. I think there's this whole... You know, super dynamite guy is completely overhyped, but I'm going to go Elijah Moore because the Jets are going to try and get him involved. So they say, so I'm going to take them at their word because, you know, the Jets are usually good at what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Elijah Moore, I think will break a big one. I think he's going to be four for 81. So I think somewhere in there there is a big one. And I think his TD is going to be the long one. I think somewhere a coverage breaks down or, you know, uh, whatever it is, maybe, maybe he catches a a ball in, in the middle of the field and runs to the sideline and, and, and Burns past people with the speed he's supposed to have. Whatever. I'm gonna say Moore is a standout. He's got I four catches, eighty one yards, miss. and a touchdown. What's I that?
1: badly, I badly, badly hope that you're correct on this and because hey, he listen, needs, it. Sh- needed needs it, we need it, the team
0: needs it. Yeah, I'm throwing darts, whatever. And I was going to say Davis, but Davis opened his mouth this week, which means Belichick's going to concentrate on shutting him out. So um, Davis said, uh, I don't want to say too much, but we're ready. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Don't say a fucking word. Just show word. me you're ready. Don't say it. I know. Show, exactly. Show me you're ready. Don't say you're ready and then go out and drop a big third down pass in the third quarter. Stop it. Okay. My best case, and the only reason I'm going this way is because I am trying to do a true best case, okay? I am not going to. My, my, my I don't think the Jets really have much of a shot. To win this game, considering who they're playing, where they're playing, and the fact that it's the Jets, but it is a best case. The Patriots are not that good. Two weeks ago, they almost lost to one of the worst teams in the league. Um, so, so they are capable of not being good. And maybe it all comes together for the Jets. Maybe, just maybe, the Jets put together, um, you know, three quarters of what what we've seen in flashes instead of one and a half or or half. You know, let's let's go. Let's say the Jets win a very close one in the best case, and I am. I am strongly saying I do not think this is gonna happen, but it's absolute best case. We're playing fantasy land here. Jets win a close one, 24-21. I don't know how they get there, but I think the best case scenario, unlikely is all friggin' hell, but the Jets the Jets win a tight one 24-21. So that's my absolute best case. Don't think it's gonna happen. But uh, my worst case is very similar to yours. I think the Jets come back out. You know, Belichick's prepared as usual. Mac Jones is no longer facing a tough Dallas team. And he's like, oh, I, I beat these guys once before. He looks good. Uh, Patriots kind of kicked the shit out of the Jets 34 to 10. Uh, so that's the, that's the score I'm going with for worst. My reel is also very close to yours. I originally had 27, but I'm not going to. Use the same one as you, so I dropped the point. <laughs> I think <laughs> the Jets probably lose fairly comfortably, just like you. I think realistically, the Jets may hang for a little bit, but I just don't think they're good enough to go into New England, even with Mac Jones uh, against a Belichick team, which you know, which does have the ability to put up big. I mean, they, they came close to beating the freaking Buccaneers. I know it was an emotional game, and it was raining, but they were in the game, and that was at home. Let's. It's, it's also worth noting that the two, that the last two games the Patriots played at home were against the two best teams in the NFC and they were hanging in there and almost beat both of them. And their bad loss was their almost loss against the Texans was on the road. And this is in new England. So uh, that's all worth noting. I think re- realistically we're looking at 26, 13 pats uh, could be, you know, realistically it could be worse than that, but I'll leave that for my worst case. So that's it. 26, 13 pats realistic. I uh, don't think the jets go in and get a win this week. We'll, we'll have to hope that something like that happens over the next few weeks.
1: If your best-case scenario comes to fruition, that'll be a best-case scenario for the season. That might be their Super Bowl, to For Wilson, for Salah to get a win over Belichick this early in their career. Just not to overstate it, but it's a big notch on their belt. So, obviously, as you said, it's a fantasy land outlook. But if that's the lightning that strikes for us, that'll be a fantastic notch on their belt. So, it's building confidence. Um, But like you, I believe exactly what you said. It's a fantasy land, but that's why we played the game. Who knows what will happen?
0: Yeah, listen, this is why we do best case, worst case. I mean, it's not, it may, you know, if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, there's like a hundred sided die. It, you get a hundred shots at something. Maybe one of those rolls of the die is the Jets winning, but it, it's not impossible. You know, considering the teams we're looking at, it's not impossible. It's extremely unlikely, but I, I decided to go with a true best case instead of Just like what I, you know, like, oh, well, they're going to lose anyway. I'll just make it close. So I decided to go with that. Uh, The Jets have not beaten the Pats since the big Eric Decker catch in overtime game uh, with Brian Fitzpatrick in 2015. So 2015, and, and the sad thing about that, that was the week before the Buffalo debacle going to the playoffs. So the Jets, of course, as is their way. The last time they beat the Patriots was a super high. They got everybody excited and then essentially essentially used a steel tip boot in in the uh, proverbial nuts. (laughs) And uh, and they haven't been anywhere decent since. So the Jets 11 straight losses to the Patriots, both in 2016, both in 2017, both in 2018, both in 2019, both in 2020 and one so far in 2021. That's the last Jets victory. For the last time the jets beat the pay, the pay, patriots was I, I was i was with you at the bar and rex ryan was and that was i'm sorry it was todd bowles and rex ryan was the coach of the of the bills and got his revenge that was the last time the jets beat this team so i mean what, what are the odds you know what I mean? that's, okay,
1: that's going back yeah. i look forward Just to discussing few. something positive i hope they give us something positive and we, we do our recap monday night I hope there's some good news and some positives to discuss, but other than that, I hope you enjoyed the game and let's go, Jets.
0: My man, Have a good one, you.